The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Wrestling Inc.'s live post-AEW Dynamite podcast coming at you here on the internet, across all the platforms, wherever you might be, YouTube, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's all good. You're going to get some entertainment no matter what. Hello and good evening if you're with us live. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you all might be on the archive. I am Justin Labar, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, being joined first by the Demon Diva. She's NYC's Demon Diva, but she is Puerto Rico uh, residing tonight. Isa, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be talking some dynamite with you guys. What an interesting <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, I said briefly to Jimmy uh, just before you uh, came into the studio, I said to him, I was like, there was there were some definite ups and some definite downs. So yep. uh, roller coaster of, uh, of content tonight. Jimmy Corderas, uh, north of the border in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He's a former WWE referee of 20-plus years, so let's not disregard that. When the man speaks, Jimmy, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm doing well, and like you said, it's a very interesting night to chat about. Uh, like, yeah, some ups, some downs, and uh, we will definitely get to those, but I'm sure we got some news to get to first. Yeah, we'll get into some news here. Again, as we see the uh, live chat, uh, people coming in and, and getting their place we thank you again if you uh if you listen to this podcast usually you know in archive form audio or video if you ever wonder hey what would it be like to be part of this live well i encourage you to try to carve out some time if it works depending on what time zone you are in it is 10 15 p.m eastern time 
here in the United States. Uh, and if you are watching live and you, and you get on YouTube or Twitch, there's a live chat going on. Uh, very much a community kind of watches along Dynamite or Raw or whatever the case may be. Uh, so you can be part of that chat. We kind of keep an eye on that chat. If you want to ensure yourself to get part of the show, uh, put a few bucks with it and a Super Chat guarantees you uh, that we will uh, comment and, and, and talk about your, uh, your, your thoughts. So if you want to be part of it live, absolutely. But no matter what, we encourage you, please leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you like this podcast. It's a huge help to us, and, and we've been getting more and more of them. It's awesome. Very much appreciated. It helps all the things we have going on here early on in 2023 mm-hmm. and more big plans to come. Let's go ahead and get into some news. Here's two news headlines you can find on WrestlingInc.com, two of very many that you can find on WrestlingInc.com, completely free website to access 24-7. Uh, it's a, a sad story, but it looks like it might have uh, a positive outcome as we stand now. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer and wrestling legend Jerry the King Lawler was hospitalized earlier this week uh, after suffering a stroke outside of his Florida condo. He underwent surgery, uh, and many friends such as Dutch Mantel, Jimmy Hart, Jim Ross, all taking to the public to keep them uh, respectfully updated uh, on on the King's condition. Um, Jim Ross, obviously famous broadcast partner with Lawler. Uh, JR did tweet that he spoke very briefly with Lawler. Uh, He's obviously weak, but he could understand his affected speech, and Jerry's prognosis is positive, but he needs all of our thoughts and prayers. That, I believe, was last night, as in Tuesday night. I have since seen uh, Lawler's official social media accounts post some pictures in the hospital of him, you know, giving the thumbs up, uh, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart there. Of course, those two go way back to the days in Memphis. So looks like King's going to be okay. But, Jimmy, this is obviously, you know, scary for anybody but the king who uh it was a decade ago uh had a live had a heart attack on live television while at the commentary desk on monday night raw uh very scary he's he's credited current aew ringside physician at the time wwe medical ringside physician michael samson for basically saving his life as if doc samson didn't do what he did king's not with us here today so very scary background when you hear about the king having a cardiac issue yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, like like I've said today on, on my social media accounts, all thoughts and prayers are going with the King. King is an awesome guy uh, and he's a fighter. And like you said, Justin, the good news today is we saw the pictures of him. He seems to be in better. I don't want to say he's well, he, but he seems to be out of the woods so far. It's going to be a road to recovery, but King is a fighter and King will battle back. And I'm, and I'm, thinking positive nothing but positivity i know king you're going to beat this i know you're going to be back doing what you do best and that is to entertain us but the other thing about king was he was a good friend to me and also there when um i was going through a rough period in my professional and personal career with another tragedy that happened in the past and i i can't thank him enough for for his guidance for me and helping me get through that uh, he he's like I said, he's just an awesome, awesome dude. And King, I know you're going to be back. Yeah, Issa, uh, uh, Jerry Lawler. I mean, uh, you know, and I'm happy that we're able to kind of like uh, pay tribute and talk about his uh, his um, influence to the business while he's alive. It looks like again, he's coming out of this okay. Uh, has his fingerprint on everything. You know, if you really look at wrestling history. Jerry Lawler, I mean, you know, the, all the ECW originals will tell you that ECW is 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 a byproduct of the of the Memphis territory of the violence of what they did. Uh, certainly, the King, uh, he was talk he was making pro wrestling into sports entertainment long before Vince ever said that term. Obviously, going back to the Andy Kaufman crossover, uh, and then the relevance, and then the, the rebirth of his career 
behind a commentary desk, you know, Issa, people in, in yours and mine's age bracket, um, we of course have seen him wrestle live or or or, or in the in, in the vault. But of course, we he was the voice of the Attitude Era alongside yeah. Jr. So I mean, the King has so many. He he, he is just a, a wrestling chameleon. The way he kind of just. Right. That's how I was introduced to the king was just through commentary. And I absolutely love his witty. He's very quick thinking, like his responses to things. Like He's so good at his job. And I remember the more that I got into wrestling, the more that I started researching and studying. And that's when I realized like his career, his background, the way that he started in Memphis to becoming the biggest promoter in that area. Like it's, it's insane, the history that he has. And it made me very sad when I read the news. But at the same time, I opened Twitter and saw the update. It was the first thing that popped up, those photos that you mentioned. And it just, it really made my heart happy to see this. He is a fighter, like Jimmy said. I mean, we, you just mentioned what happened to him live on an episode of Raw on air, and he came right back from that. And I've been sending all of the positive thoughts and prayers that he's going to make it out of this, and we're going to see him again. I don't know that we'll see him wrestle again, because if I'm not mistaken, he's still doing a match here or there, which yes, is crazy no. to me. <laughs> It's not even, it's not even, not even necessarily here or there. I mean, he, he works at least a weekend a month. It's still seen. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he's gonna take this opportunity to slow that down. But we just saw him at Raw 30 on the commentary table. So I'm just looking forward to seeing him again. Take your time recovering, obviously. But I, I think he's a fighter and he'll, he's gonna be okay. You know, nothing but thoughts and prayers. Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 Jimmy, I'm sure you have a million. Issa, I don't know if you have. I, I I'll just share one story I have with the King real quick, and it's and I never share the story, but it's out of appreciation to him. Uh, and of course, being a fan of his, but I also have a professional appreciation to him. Uh, when I uh, uh, in twenty uh, late 2010, early 2011, or early 2010, excuse me, early 2010, when we started Chair Shot Reality, you know, a video kind of talk show, uh, a, a podcast, um, the King was one of the first guests we ever got to do an interview for our show and, and i'll never forget i got his number through a mutual friend and they said it's okay and so i trusted them and i cold called the king and introduced myself and he and i had a few mutual friends but basically it's still a cold call and i, I, I hear the southern tennessee accent pick up um uh and i and he, and he, he, he didn't hang up on me he gave me a minute to introduce myself and make my pitch and at the end you know long story short he uh, he did the interview I didn't ask anything for it. He did it. Uh, and then after that, I did interview him a few more times in, in, for, in different ways. And I'll never forget that because that was a very credible interview that helped just get us on the map very early on in our first like 20 episodes, him giving us 15, 20 minutes of time uh, to talk about what was going on uh, in, in, in the in the WWE world. So, you know, I'm always, you know, thankful for him just taking 20 minutes out of his legendary career to talk to us. And that helped us mm -hmm. a lot more than it. He didn't need to do I that. Love that. Yeah, I love that. That's great. It just goes to show you what kind of a guy uh, King is. And he, he's willing to help anyone, especially if you ask for it. King is more than willing to to share that, that wealth of knowledge. You, you talk about smart guys in this business. Smart guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I got a picture with him a few years later at a, at a, at a Raw event. And I, I posted it yesterday on Twitter. That's my... Uh, that's my Jerry Lawler personal appreciation. Uh, we can go on for an entire podcast about uh, fan appreciation for his impact. I had I had a fan story where I was staying at yeah. the same hotel where they were all staying, and I was having lunch with a friend that had nothing to do with you know what I was in town for. I was there for a wrestling event, and my friend saw him across the the 
you know, the restaurant area. And I was like, we're not going to bother wrestlers or anybody while they're eating, you know. And I think that King noticed him because my friend literally just marked out at the, at the at seeing King. And King had no problem interrupting what he was doing to talk to him. And they took a picture together and they, they went on and on and had like a 15-minute conversation, which I thought was just incredible because, you know, that's their private time doing their own thing. But he saw the fan acknowledge and, and they had a great conversation. So I thought that was very respectable of him. That's awesome to hear. Nice. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy, I've always thought this about King going back to the Attitude Era. Obviously, he was a great uh, he, he was the perfect kind of commentary and foil to Jim Ross for that time. And I know King's mm-hmm. been very vocal. King didn't like to go to production meetings. He didn't like to know too much. He liked to, to genuinely react. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was very good in the commentary role. But I always think, you know, he and Jerry Jarrett, you know, six months apart would take turns booking Memphis mm-hmm. and obviously book some, you know, some some legendary uh, television in Memphis. I always wondered, you know, when there was still a small circle, when Vince McMahon still the booking committee was Vince with Pat and maybe Vince mm-hmm. Russo or Cornette or whomever at the time booking at, mm-hmm. the, at Vince's pool before there was a big writer's room. I always thought, what would the attitude, what, what, uh, what could Jerry have contributed to the attitude era if he got to be part of that old school, small circle of booking, you know? Oh, yeah. That's an interesting question. That is a, now you got me thinking, I like, like you mentioned earlier that, you know, he was kind of like ECW before ECW became, uh, took took Memphis to the extreme, for lack of a better term. And can you imagine kind of implementing that into Attitude Era WWE with Jerry Lawler giving his input and knowing how to present it? He's so smart, he would know how to present it to Vince where Vince would look at it and, and see the value in it yeah. and, and probably utilize a lot of King's ideas because he's that good at not only coming up with ideas but presenting them in a way that uh, would would be appreciated by someone like Vince. So man, who knows? Maybe, maybe things would have been slightly different than what we got. Yeah. I've, I've always wondered that. And, and this was like the perfect kind of time to kind of nice. put that out there. But uh, the important thing is King looks like he's uh, as Jimmy phrased it out of the woods and on the other side of things and, and getting better. So uh, we continue to watch uh, for that and uh, best wishes to yes. King and, and to his close family. All right, another news item again, WrestlingInc.com. You can find this full story. Uh, Diana Perrazzo, uh, if you are not familiar with her, I would suggest you get familiar with her. She, of course, uh, if, if you're familiar with her, you know, uh, very prominent uh, uh, female talent in Impact Wrestling. Uh, she's been around. She even had you know some time under the WWE roof, but Impact is where she really has made her name and Fightful Select is reporting that Impact has exercised a one-year option on Perazzo's contract, keeping her with the promotion through the remainder of this year, 2023. Uh, so it looks like January 1st, 2024, she will be a free agent unless something happens prior to then. Uh, so add her to the list with MJF of the bidding war of 2024. Uh, and of course, uh, Fightful Select goes on to note what I would say is common sense, which is many talent, which is many organizations are expected to be, uh, you know, pursuing her and, and trying to pitch their best offers to her. Uh, she's currently 28. And uh, Issa, I'll, I'll, I'll go to you as, as a female here on the, on the panel. I don't know how much of Diana you've seen, uh, but I, I please, if you haven't, let me please suggest you go check her out. I think that she is a stud of a talent who has really uh, got her stock to rise in the last couple of years and has used Impact as a great platform to elevate herself. Uh, to the point to where she, yeah, she will be a hot commodity in, in the in the female uh, talent pool. Quite a bit, and I do think it will be uh, 
a bit in war. I think what she's done in Impact has been absolutely incredible. I have been keeping a close eye on the knockouts division. I, I've been praising it for quite a while now. The the Impact pay-per-views and the women over there are putting some incredible matches. And Deanna Parasso is part of that. And I think with her history, you know, the way that NXT kind of just let her go so quietly, like it was nothing from that to maybe coming to WWE straight to the main roster and possibly even straight into a championship uh, program. Because I think she's capable of that and more. I think it will speak... It would just be an amazing story to, you know, how we started and, and, and where we're going with it. So I'm looking forward to see what she does next. But yeah, um, I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. If you haven't seen what she's doing on Impact, I highly suggest you go check it out. Not just her. That entire knockout division in Impact is incredible. She has some great competition over there that allows her to shine. Jimmy, I don't want to fantasy book myself to a point where I might get disappointed if life doesn't play out this way, but I would love for Royal Rumble 24 to see Deanna Perrazzo. Oh, you're reading my mind, my friend. You're reading my mind. We've been too much on the same page lately, or (laughs) maybe that's a good thing. But I was just thinking that same thing because when Issa was saying, you know, show up next next year uh, when her contract is up in in Impact Wrestling and, and make an impact somewhere else, you know, and, and she could get herself into a championship picture right out of the gate. What a better way than to debut at the Royal Rumble in, in 2024 and, you know, run through the entire women's division and, and get that championship match at WrestleMania. But in the meantime, like you said, she's been knocking it out of the park in, in Impact Wrestling right now. And another year there will only help her develop that much more. You know, maybe this isn't the right time for her to go to a bigger so quote unquote, bigger company like WWE or even AEW, because there's a chance with those rosters being so deep in the women's talent pool, she might get kind of lost in the shuffle for a little bit at this moment. So having a plan, like you said, you know, maybe having her show up at the Royal Rumble debut, re-debuting there, uh, maybe that's a that's a, a good way to go. And I think, like you said, uh, there's a talent, there's going to be a bit of a bidding war. She's going to be a wanted commodity when this contract is up. And that would be a first off in w, in the Women's Royal Rumble history for somebody to debut and win it. That would be just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I wasn't even fantasy booking her to win it, but now if you take it a step further, that would be a huge, yeah. huge deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, th- I think this year, I think twenty twenty three is going to be a very interesting year on the WWE female uh, uh, talent roster because I think something interesting has happened in the last couple of years. They, they, they did the female revolution of. Okay, we need more females. We need more. We acquire more. We're gonna put. We're gonna. You know, we're gonna have more titles for them. But then I think there still was a lack of consistency, obviously, by the previous regime. I think this year is going to be Triple H and, and company watching very closely about. I don't want to say the term "cutting fat," but I think we're gonna figure out. Okay, who do we really need? And then also align that with let's get NXT back in sync with whatever Sean's got grooming down there. So I, I think. Watching this year's roster for for the women on WWE is going to be a fascinating yeah. thing. And we saw an example of that at the Rumble because we didn't see any NXT talent in the men's Rumble. That wasn't the case in the women's Rumble. We saw mm-hmm. quite a few of the NXT faces show up in the women's Rumble. So sure. we're already seeing signs of this. Y- mm-hmm. Yes, and that's a great point. And I, and I think there's you know there's more interesting stories of, of of the females coming up through the NXT ranks that you know some of which yeah. we saw uh, at the Rumble, and then and then you have others like. You know, Ava Rain, you know, the rock star. Like, I think there's just a lot to be looked at. So, I think, like, I think there's I think, NXT yeah. television is mostly 
the women's wrestling. Like if you watch the two yeah. hours of it, I do think the women uh, have more airtime, um, you know, as of right now than the guys. And so saying that, I think Triple H a company on the main roster might be a little bit more, you know, I think I think the I don't want to say cutthroat, but I think there's I think there's going to be just a, a tougher standard of, okay, do we have a place for this lady? Because we have A, B, and C coming up here. So, mm-hmm. uh, fascinating stuff to watch. Um, all right, that's uh, that's your news. That's our our, our dive into WWE <laughs> for the moment here. Uh, let's talk about AEW Dynamite tonight, coming to you from El Paso, Texas. Not the biggest venue, but a pretty loud crowd mm-hmm. for the most part. So, a uh, shout out to the El Paso fans, and we kick it off hot with MJF, your AEW World Champion. Going up against Kanosuke Takeshita, uh, of course, uh, you know MJF has berated uh, this young star over the past few weeks. We've seen interaction, so there is backstory here. Uh, MJF, just Jimmy, just the simplest things that he can get heat, uh, whether it's just powdering out through the ropes to not take a, a big strike, or even getting his face rammed into the ring post and the fans chanting, "You deserve it." I mean, right? Simple things. He just generates so much reaction, and that's the name of the game in this business where you try to generate reaction, but also keep your bump bump count down. Um, it, I got you noticed this, I'm sure. This oh, absolutely, I did. And, and he was getting reactions, like you said, doing the simplest things, and he was getting the crowd invested, and they were actually booing him. A heel that you know enjoys getting booed instead of wanting to be that cool kind of heel. He there's nothing about him that's cool unless you're. Uh, a a wrestling critique when you can say yes he's doing a hell of a job being a heel but at the same time as a fan watching i'm going man this guy is a piece of crap and i want to see him get his ass kicked and that's the name of the game and he does it so well and he does and they took their time and they sold and uh what more can i say Uh, i i enjoyed that part of the match very very much and before we get to the finish in the post match, I mean, <clears throat> let's give some let's give some shout out to the Takeshita. I mean, he uh, mm-hmm. he shot he had his shining moments. MJF gave it to him, and MJF did his part too of you know one, two, two and seven eighths on on some close calls, some false finishes. Uh, you know, Takeshita I think got elevated, and, and Jimmy, I'll, I'll steal your phrase, got over without going over because uh, Isa MJF does ultimately win with his salt of the earth armbar, um, and then after the match. Puts on the the dynamite diamond ring, hits Takeshita. Takeshita's bleeding, uh, so you know the heat's there. Uh, but again, the heat's there. MJF wins as we expected, but Takeshita did not look like he got buried. He looked like he went toe to toe with the AEW World Champion. He did. As a matter of fact, for the first few minutes of the match, I personally thought that Takeshita was starting to look better than MJF, and I and I even said it during my live stream where I was like, okay, we gotta give MJF something here. But then they were going toe to toe, as you mentioned banger and and mm-hmm. i'm so glad that i was wrong when i'm thinking did the show just speak who's gonna outdo this well in ring wise i have no complaints about aw tonight we got some great in ring action and this just set the pace for some of the matches we were gonna see tonight i'm happy to see mjf wrestle it does feel like a big deal when he wrestles because they don't have him out there wrestling every week but his presence is felt in the show so he's doing a good job as a world champ where he's always there but you're not seeing him wrestle Every single week, I could have done without the the blood from the from the ring punch here. I really could have done without that, though. I could have also yeah. done without once again cameras catching the blade. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I was gonna. You know. That's why I said I could have done without it because they they're not they're not doing they're not uh, doing I, the best job production wise. Uh, I wouldn't have minded if we didn't see some later. Let's put it that way. 
Oh, get well, a great well, point. Well, well, and we will get to it, but, but I think the irony, Jimmy, is the 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 most profound use of it later, I think, was by accident. No, okay. Uh, is this is funny because I'm I'm watching. Yeah. You know how I do a live stream. I watch the shows yeah. live with my with my YouTube yeah. subscribers, and somebody said, "Hey, is Brian bleeding the hard way?" And I said it, and I, I kind of blur it out. I was like, "Oh, it has to be because if it was a blade job, they would have shown it." Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They're doing. They did it with Mox last week too. It's just getting a little too obvious, and mm-hmm. we nitpick. And it's just it's it's just because AEW can be so good, but a lot of times when it's production was causing these tiny little mistakes that turn you off from the show it's not the performers there has to be some changes that need to be made yeah yeah it's it's a combination of uh, talent and production crew need to get together it, you know that was one of the things that at least uh, back in the day in wwe when we were working tv uh you know they would they would come out and say hey is there anything in their match in the mat that that you're having that we need to be aware of whether yeah. to shoot properly or to not shoot properly you know so that there needs to be that communication there well and like and like last week as we talked about in the mox match there was obviously a lack of communication and then we Mm -hmm. like just blatantly saw mox in the act of 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 doing the magic what frustrated me even more this week was if you caught it you could see you know takesh obviously you know he figured a camera cut was away and he starts to whatever then and I, i i i have then once MJF gets back to him. Takeshita is lying there, and they have a camera angle shooting Matt level across from him, and he has an half open palm. And I see this shiny silver thing, and then he finally cups his hand. Oh, when I, maybe he realized where he was. And I'm like, that, that that's not even production. That gets to a point where production has to then shoot MJF punching you. That then is on the talent. Like you got to conceal that. You got to hand it off to the ref. You got to tuck it somewhere. You got to do something. Um, right. maybe that's just an experience of using that trick on TV where you have cameras. Maybe he's only ever mm-hmm. uh bladed on non televised events. I don't know, but this was a very good match, X's and O's wise. Mm-hmm. Very good for the story of MJF by hook or by crook, keeping his spot. Takeshita got over, so all that is is there, not to be lost. But I think it's only fair because if we took mm-hmm. John Moxley to the woodshed last week yeah. verbally, I'm gonna yeah. take it to the woodshed again here that yes. they did no better. And, with and, concealing the tricks here. And and one little quick thing that I'm not going to elaborate too much on because we'll, we'll get to it later on is the ref distraction spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you know, it, it, it's like Issa knows where I'm going, probably where I'm going with this, but it ties into something later on. So I will save it for then. How's that? I can't wait because I know where you're save going it. with it. I just know it. Save it. <laughs> save it, save it. We got pl- we have plenty more MJF that we'll talk about. I'm going to stay linear right. for this. I'm just going to wait and we'll do all the MJF once we as we get to each okay. one of them. Again, uh, as we approach a half hour, thank you to everybody who's uh, coming on to the live stream here, uh, live or archived at all. Please, again, uh, leave a comment or a like or a share, especially a five-star rating on the actual wrestling channel, whether that's YouTube, Twitch, uh, Spotify, Apple, whatever it may be, that goes a long way for us. We're trying to do some uh, exciting things here in 2023. My hope is that we can get the gang, the three of us, and maybe a few others together, and we can get to your town for some of these big events, and we can get you cool. truly involved. Uh, oh, I would so love that. That would be cool. Let's uh, let's let's keep the support going. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. They'll tell a friend as well. Tell everybody. Up next, yeah. tell everybody. Uh, up next, the bunny versus Jamie Hayter. Do you have a clapping? Do you have a clapping sound effect? Something. Do I? Uh, somebody like this was crazy. Play the national anthem. I don't know. We gotta do something. This was special. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, because the timing, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, they, they they did shake up the timing here. Did um, you not? Did it not take you by surprise? Because I I looked at my time. I'm I'm thinking. I'm like, how many shots that I, of Malibu did I have tonight? Like. I- <laughs> Yeah, I thought I might have passed out for an hour and a half and, and missed a bunch of the show when the, when the ladies came out. So I, I had to look at my, boy, what the? Amazing. Uh, well, this one's going to have um, uh, the ripcord from Jamie Hayter on the bunny. Uh, this is right after they take a uh, ill-timed spot with each other. It looks Oof. like Jamie Hayter comes down hard on the bunny's face. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like they called an audible to go home early that, that they right. just mm-hmm. did this recording out of there. Um, I don't know what the deal is. I hope bunny is okay, but this, this right. did look like she was legit, um, shaking up, mm-hmm. uh, face you know, in the, in the, in the facial region wise, uh, Terry Allen jr. With the super chat. Thank you. Terry Allen jr. $10 and 10 cents. Mm. It says the bunny lacks wins. Didn't earn this match. A flaw within Tony's booking. Uh, many wrestlers lack uh, continuous appearances to gain wins and receive title matches. Basic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think regardless of the quick go home, obviously Jamie Hader was going to win this no matter what. Right. I, I, Terry, I do agree to point. The, the Bunny, and they not they acknowledge this on, can, on uh, commentary, Issa, the Bunny has been, she's one of the originals. She's been around from the infancy of, of AEW. Um, and, and so she has history well, we, there, but, but, but not a lot of consistency recently. We haven't seen her on TV in some time. And Jamie Jamie Hayter and, and Rebel and Britt Baker were in a complete different feud. As of last week, the last time we saw these ladies, Britt Baker and Rebel was getting beat up by Tony Storm and, and Soraya. And mm-hmm. now they're over here fighting the bunny. So I didn't think it made any sense. As much as I love seeing the women in a different time spot, and I, I point that out, and I'll give them props for that, I didn't think that the match made any sense. And there's a lot of just not... A match is just to put the women on the card. It feels a lot like that with all elite wrestling, and I wish that wasn't the case. And yeah, that bump at the end was scary. I hope yeah. that bunny is okay because it was it was very obvious that something didn't go as planned there. Yeah. Well, Lisa, I will say this before we get to Jimmy. Uh, while I do agree, the focus here for Hater and Britt and, and them is Tony and Saray, and we'll get to the Tony and Saray in a second. They did last week their best attempt to they they did promote this match. It was. Uh, hater having a backstage with Bunny and company, and then we saw on the TV Tony and Soraya attacking Britt. So I mean, they, they they did give us at least a setup, but but it's it's random on the fact of kind of the Terry Allen's chat. Like, what has the Bunny done? You know, where, oh, where's that? Where where is that holy ranking system? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, what what what's the Bunny's record? Why is she getting the shot to Hater? Uh, so they did advertise it last week, but even then, it is still kind of a mystery, Jimmy, as to why is the Bunny yeah. all of a sudden. The like, like yeah. where, like, where, where, there's so many other ladies I could, I could rattle off that I would feel like would be more suitable for a title. Match. No, no, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing, and here's their, uh, their thinking of an out in this situation. They call it a championship eliminator match. That's what the first match was. That's what this match is. It's basically you have to beat the champion in order to get a championship match. Yes, you know, that, to, to me, be the champ, you have to beat the champ and then beat the champ again. That's yeah, how to, it works. To me, to me, that makes no sense. You, you know, what happened to the days where you worked your way up through other title contenders and you know earned your opportunity? Not you deserve it; you earned it. And instead, well, we of, used to have those days, but then they got rid of the rankings. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. That's why. That's why. Yeah. But see, see, I don't like the concept of the championship eliminator uh, match. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, you have to beat the champ it, twice to become champ. 
you know you know what it is it's kind of funny aew since they uh since they've existed they've gone out of their way in a lot of ways it's been successful they've gone out of the way to do things different than how wwe does they try to do the alternative right you know how how they present a lot of things and a lot of it it, it was and you know still to an extent is a breath of fresh air that's one of the things that's surprising one of the things that wwe used to do so annoying prior to, to triple h's takeover under the vents so annoying was the same thing you had to beat the champion and non-title and, and and so i'm i'm very surprised that AEW's kind of fallen into that trap of mm-hmm. doing that same that that, that same path <laughs> I, guess, I guess they figure yeah. calling it something com- different makes it okay I guess it seems uh, it seems it seems even more ridiculous when you do that because you're setting up now rematches when you have the bloated roster that you have. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's not like you have a lack of bodies here. True. Um, True. Uh, so we do see Tony Storm and Soraya backstage. They're backstage cutting a promo. They uh, they call. There's a lot of NWO infl- uh, influence here. They call Jamie Hader a loser. They then attack uh, Leva Bates, turn her over, and spray paint loser on her and then Soraya uh, with her final line of this is a takeover takeover loser spray paint a lot of nwo vocabulary and uh imagery here mm-hmm. jimmy um jimmy i don't know if i've actually directly asked you this question what is your thoughts on Soraya and tony storm both came out to the big holy you know what pops that they were wb stars that have come over to aw on mm-hmm. the first night but what are your thoughts on aw trying to book them as the heels that are against the AEW establishment again, NWA, NWO light esque. Uh, I don't have an issue with the idea and the concept of it. I just have a problem with the delivery. Uh, I'd like to see more of them getting in people's faces mm-hmm. and saying, you know what? Uh, we were in the big time. We're now come here to elevate you guys or something along those lines. It's kind of like what Jericho is doing with the, he knows that that audience is very anti sports entertainment and that reference. So Chris knows that by calling himself a sports entertainer, he's going to get that heat. And these girls need to get that heat by saying, look, we are better than you. We came from a place that's better than you. And the reason we're here is not because we're not good enough for that place, but we want to elevate you guys or something along those lines. Infer that you're better than them. Yeah, I am 1,000% with you, Jimmy. I thought Soraya was doing a little bit of a more clear job at expressing that during her feud with Britt Baker, which I always thought she came off as the heel, you know, just talking about being so deserving because of everything she went through to get here and all the things that she's done. I, I, I would like to see them go back to that. I do think that is, I don't know if it's doing much for Tony Storm right now. Tony Storm feels a little lost in the shuffle. It feels like it's more about Soraya. Um, but we'll see her come into her own. You know, she had that weird title run that was interim, but it wasn't. But they established that it wasn't interim after she had already lost it. Like, I feel like Tony Storm is very lost in the weird shuffle here, but we'll see where it goes. Issa, because uh, you you, you kind of were, were even telling us, and, and I think you were in support of Jamie Hayter before some of us even got onto that train. Uh Where's Jamie Hader's momentum? She's still the champion, but she's champion. Maybe I'm. Um, maybe it's just from personal connection. I still think Britt's a bigger star. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you have Saray and Tony. Like, I mean, so what are we? What are we leading to? What? Where, what's? Where, where are we going here? 
the problem is that you're putting them in matches. It's, it's the same, it's the Jade effect too, where you're putting them in matches with not what people are considering the top names in the company right now, right? You're not turning Britt Baker against her. That's the match. Yeah. Uh, you're not putting Jade, for example, against Britt, against Ray, against Tony Storm, against Cheetah. You just haven't wrestled this talent that is just there to elevate her. She still has a great crowd reaction. When she came out, you hear it, people love her. I still think she has some momentum, but Again, we are three weeks away from the pay-per-view, and as of this moment in the show, no match has been made for it yet. Why You have months to build this pay-per-view. Why not build an epic feud for her that you will, can't wait to get to Revolution and see what Jamie Hayter can do? As of right now, she, we don't even know who she's going to be facing at the pay-per-view. Yeah. It might be a trios match, and the title might not even be on the line the way that this is going. So I, I, I am extremely disappointed in the fact that I feel like AEW, when it first came into the scene, I love the fact that they have so few pay-per-views because it makes you look forward to it. But not when you're adding the matches the night before. I thought we were going to have epic feuds like what they did with MJF and CM Punk, where we have months and we had to wait for it. And you could be doing that and you're not. So you're going to build, what, a few for her in two weeks? That's that's not going to work for me, bro. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good call. I think you're right. We're, we're on the countdown now to, to to the next period. I think they, they they need to establish what is. They have one match, and that's because uh, Brian beat Rouge tonight, so they finally established that world mm-hmm. title match. That's right. all they have on the card. They've had three months to build this pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting. Yeah, that's a whole other sub sub plot that we could talk about yeah and right. i only brought it up because of what you said the momentum <laughs> of jamie hater you could have her in some epic feud that will clash at the pay-per-view and that could be what we're doing with her and maybe her connection to brit baker might be hurting her because i do think you're right i still see brit as the bigger star i see her as the biggest mm-hmm. woman starring AEW, and she hasn't had the title in how long now yeah and then and then yeah. over here you have this whole other thing with jade cargill this whole other project of so Right. Yeah, I, but but I think you're right. He said. I mean, we're 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 inside of territory. of You need to start having matches, and uh, like, what is our women's match going to be? Um, mm-hmm. So something. But hey, we're, they we're, were in a different time spot tonight. Maybe that's the first step. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> baby, baby step. Yeah. Baby step. You see, and, and and hopefully, Bunny's okay, like you said. Yes. yes. That was scary. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Uh, our next of uh, MJF's uh, appearances. He's backstage. <laughs> Um, this was a, I, 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 I've never, in your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. wrote down some of these words on paper and then I crossed <laughs> some of them out. <laughs> so... Um, uh. I'll just 
Say I mean, it, like, say it, say it. No, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, you know, I, I, I just, it, 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 Jimmy's a, Jim, Jimmy's, Jimmy, Isa, I don't have any shame in front of you. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to get the cliff notes. Yeah. Because I don't really know. Um, <sighs> I, I don't know. Here we go. So MJF's backstage, uh, sweating and still taped up, blood all over himself, you know, still licking his wounds, uh, you know, from the, from the battle he had with Takeshita. He's trying to tell a story. <laughs> He's trying to tell a story about how, you know, you just don't know what you're capable of until you're pushed to the edge and you're in that, that moment of, 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 of you're facing, you know, adversity. Mm-hmm. And um, the cliff notes of the story is that he's in high school. He's got a Camaro. He's got this chick that he's just been crushing on, that he gets her in the car. And basically, he's like a point away from having his license revoked. And one thing leads to another with bad weather, and he crashes into a phone pole. That's not what he yeah. said, Lavar. That's not well, what he said. What, you don't. What, what, do, you want to a, do, the re, do you want to reenact, Lisa? Well, for no, the, let's for the, say, for, the, for the video viewers. No, you don't have to. Let's uh, just let's say just, there was a sexual <laughs> reference made. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, there was a sexual reference made. Crashes, and her name's Liv, for legal reasons. Um, Crashes into a phone pole, realizes he's screwed up and he's going to lose his license. He basically takes takes his female passenger companion and puts her in the driver's seat so she's going to take the rap. Basically meaning, moral of the story, he will do whatever it takes to survive um, no matter what. Uh, or, or are you trying to say that he'll do whatever it takes to get ahead? <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't hold back. Oh my God, Jimmy! <sighs> I love you. Thank you. Good night. Somebody everybody. had to bring it up. Somebody <laughs> just had to bring it up. I wasn't expecting and it with, to be you. And, I wasn't Jimmy has it Jimmy has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get any better than that from Jimmy. That's it. He can't. He can't even talk about potatoes tonight. You just. That's it, Jimmy. <laughs> How many pounds of potatoes in MJF's mouth was that? Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I, I have Jimmy, no Jimmy, idea. Jimmy, you, Jimmy you need to. Cool, you need to cool off. Uh, Asa, okay. go ahead. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, okay? I'm not going to start with that part. I'm going to say I'm very big on presentation. And when the door opened, you had NJF sitting on a futon that's on sale for about $120 on Walmart right now. Okay? And this man is claiming to be rich every week. You need to give him a locker room that shows that. In addition to that, he starts talking about a... I hope we don't get demonetized, but he starts talking about a blowjob. You lost me after the blowjob and the cheap futon. Like, that's it. I'm not listening to anything else. But once I come into terms to what you're saying, I'm like, did he just confess to murder on, like, live television? Like, where's the police here? Like, No, she's he, alive. She's, no, she's alive. Remember, he, he put his finger on her nose. She's alive. He just It doesn't matter. He confessed to a crime, I should say. He confessed to a crime on live television. I, I It was a mess for me. You lost me after the blowjob. Like, okay. Jimmy, how much script and communication coordination do you think was done about this promo to the office? Uh, I, I I think there's a, a – again, I can't say for sure because I'm not there, but it seems like MJF has a little bit of creative freedom to say things that uh, he doesn't have to clear through creative or even the censors. I, and I think um, tonight may have pushed – I get pushing the envelope. 
there's nothing wrong with pushing the envelope, but my goodness, you don't want to shred it. And uh, I think it may have gone a little too far tonight. I can think of different examples of if I'm pushed to the edge, I need to do whatever I need to do to survive. That would have delivered the message mm-hmm. differently than the example that he chose to use. Right. I think he might be going through a, I don't know, I'm talking about midlife crisis. He's like 12. So I don't know, maybe puberty. It might be puberty. Uh, uh, either that or I'm wondering how far he thinks he can go before somebody pushes back and says, hey, that's enough of that. You can't. Go there's back. no there's no pushing back on him after that promo. You allow him to cut after double or nothing. Really? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, the 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 leverage is in his court. I mean, he he is legit. We uh, he's a free agent in in eleven months, and so I feel like it's kind of even if he crosses the line and has to ask for forgiveness rather than permission, if it gets if it gets conversation going, if it gets buzz on social media, if it sells some tickets and some buys, he just turns to the boss and goes, "Do you want to lose me? Do you do you want to retain me? Like what? You know? I I mean, I think he's in a he he he's already in the wild west." And he has additional license to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 I, I'm trying to finish the metaphor, but AEW is a little bit of a wild west, and, and they, 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 this is their 26 year old who they want to hold on to, and he knows that, right. and he knows he's probably got a job over here if he wants to take a job. So I, I think it, this is a very pecu- interesting situation um, right. that he's in. So I'm bothered by the sheep futon. <laughs> I do get I, I do get what you're saying. I mean, you know, you know, no, 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 no cheap futon sleeping bitches are coming into his locker locker room. I mean, he, he needs to have a more Taj Mahal kind of presentation mm-hmm. of, of where he's right. Uh, he doesn't match the at. presentation that he's like his scar is worth more than the futon. He, I mean, now I don't know, it might not be real. Who knows? Um yeah, that was uh that was a lot. And we still have more MJF to come, so we'll right. uh, he is the world champ. He should be all over the show. I, I will say that. But this one, it was a mess for me. It was a mess promo-wise for him, which is a shocking thing to say because I love everything NJF does. Uh, and it should be noted, he said for legal but reasons. But I'm really happy all... that he was having a great time while driving the car. Maybe next time he should learn how to control his emotions because apparently he can't. Uh, he was a junior in his blue Camaro um, in high school and just couldn't <laughs> couldn't control. Um, Wait, Jimmy has something to say? No, no, no he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's, and he said for for legal reasons, her name is Liv. And then there's a picture circulated on social media of MJF with Liv Morgan. That's now like, oh that's just exploded. Oh, wow. I, I know, I saw that, but the description of the girl he gave is doesn't fit it's not Liv. with Liv Morgan. Correct. Yeah, right. Correct. Hopefully that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, up next, um, this one. Ooh, this one. Here we go. Uh, the Garcia Guevara gauntlet. No. Now, the idea here is Ricky Starks, who uh, – stay with me, folks. Ricky mm-hmm. Starks beat Chris Jericho a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But he's got to go through this gauntlet to get a match again with Chris Jericho. Uh, it, the gauntlet starts against uh, Angelo Parker, who Ricky Starks beats, and then in a matter of seconds – uh, Matt Menard slips on the banana peel and he rolls up Matt Menard. I the think Menard is, the dread, oh, I think Menard is hurt. Mm. I think he's been hurt, and that's why his. But at the same time, it's like, well, where's Jake Hager? Can't you find somebody else? Why do we like? Why whatever? But they stack up when they stack up quick wins. Parker and then Menard, and so now it's up against uh, Dana Garcia. And while he's fighting Dana Garcia, a masked man in a lucha mask hits Stark with a Judas effect. 
that then leads to Garcia getting the pinfall on uh, Ricky Starks, and then the masked man reveals himself to be Chris Jericho. So we know he was kinda... Jericho the entire time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so, 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 uh, parallel story of Brian Danielson having to do all these things to get to MJF. This one gets cut short. Ricky Starks does not succeed in his gauntlet. Uh, Jimmy, uh, I'll let you try to un- <clears throat> unravel this one. No, I, I wish I could unravel this one. There's so many little things that that, that I could nit uh, want to nitpick about. Uh, of course, you brought up the dreaded roll-up, which seems to be the finish of the century so far. Um, everybody's doing it. It happens far too often. And that works more better as a finisher than anything else they're doing out there, including the Twisting Burning 450 Hammer Phoenix Splash. You know I had to get that in tonight as well. Um, get your but, shit in. But, yeah. But there's, you know, the little things like uh, you get the interference from the so-called mask-wearing fan on Ricky Starks. Where's security here? Where's the referee? Was he being distracted? I didn't even notice. Yes. They were being distracted on the opposite corner by uh, one of the JS people. Yeah, there you go. And, and, and then all of a sudden this guy comes over the barricade and nobody's making a move, you know, little things like that. Just it's it. And don't get me wrong. I, I kind of figured that it was Jericho from the get go, but at the same time, it just, the, the little things that you could have had to make it better where let's say security tries to stop him from entering the ring. And that's where he reveals who he is. And they go, Oh, you know, I don't know. Issa, why, why, why is Ricky Star? Why why is Ricky Star has already beat Chris Jericho? Why is this a thing? Nothing about this makes any sense. Hmm. Nothing. Jericho should be having a gauntlet to get back to Ricky Starks if if that's what he wants right. to do. Right. I, I hated it. You're you're gonna kill the momentum that Ricky Starks has going for himself. There was no point in this. There's no point to JAS. I still don't know what JAS has done for anybody. Look at the people that he, they're feuded with and tell me who has looked better after finishing a feud with JAS. I think I commend what Jericho has tried to do since the inception of, of AEW. Jericho has tried to give every rub he can give to every single person possible. Hence why Jericho's had several factions. Well, he's rubbed yeah. too many ones out. Well, if he was going to give Ricky Starks the rub, the rub would be that he'd want to do anything in his power to get back in the ring with Ricky Starks to avenge that loss. Yes. Before we even get to that, I'm at the point now where I almost think like, uh, we need to, this needs to, like, I look at Jericho, I look him in the ring with Menard and Parker and Garcia and Hager's obviously Hager, but he's not even there all the time. I just think that Jericho's it the his the company doesn't match him at this point. It, mm-hmm. it, it fit when Jericho had, you know, MJF and Wardlow and, and Sammy's an exception. Sammy's not of size, but Sammy's got a personality and he's getting, so Sammy kind of has it. But I just feel like I feel like we're trying too hard. Like Jericho's trying to continue to reinvent a Jericho stable, and I just don't buy it at this point. But nevertheless, that aside, like I, I want to ask you this, Jimmy, because I saw enough of these conspiracy theories um, on social media. Uh, Starks, again, comes up short, gets beat. Starks was uh, picture leaked. He was backstage with Cody Rhodes at Rumble, blah, blah, blah. I've seen some conspiracy theories of, like, maybe this is – maybe Starks was supposed to win this gauntlet, and maybe it's punishment because, like, AEW babyface being pushed is seen – with the AEW defector back to WWE and Cody and Cody wins a rumble. Like, do you think there's it? I mean, you've been, you've been there. You've seen the politics. Do you think there's anything to that? Or do you think that's, that's pure Twitter gossip? I think right now it's Twitter gossip until I'm proven wrong. But at the same time, you never know because there, there are some personalities that are in, you know, high positions that are easily, um, 
I don't want to say offended, but taken aback by situations like this, uh, where they think, oh, it doesn't look good for us for him to be associating with someone from the other team, so to speak, you know? Not just someone from the other team, current founder and EVP who left for the other team. There you I go. I think there it, might be a sore spot just because it's Cody. Yeah, and, and Cody and, Co- right. and Cody even said there apparently Cody has his, his bus. You know, as a lot of the top mm-hmm. stars have these days to travel. Cody even said there was more friends, some AEW friends that were on the bus. They just happened mm-hmm. to be smart enough to stay on the bus and then come walking around with him like Starks mm-hmm. did. And Starks got called on some security footage, <laughs> so I can only imagine MJF or who else could have been on that bus. Oh, if you want to talk conspiracy theories, maybe Ricky Starts is thinking, hey, by associating with Cody and getting noticed, maybe this is a way for me to get out of the situation I'm in now. And head over There's to no the getting other. out of that situation. You just get taken out of TV and never seen again like Miro yeah. and uh, ah. Andrade. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Good right, let's point. do some super let's do some super chats. John Jordan, five dollars. Pushing back. I think we've seen hundreds of examples of no leadership in this Wild West company. Jimmy, wash your mouth out with soap. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there is a fine line of Tony Khan trying to be a progressive young leader who's of the people of the of his locker room, trying to be friends you know, on a certain nose to nose level. But there's a fine line of doing that and still maintaining a mm-hmm. authoritative stance I'm to where he, to yeah. not be pushed around. And so I, I think that's probably where he's Absolutely. combating. You know, when, when AEW started again, Tony seemed like the breath of, breath of fresh air, the young kid who's you know 40 or, or thereabouts, right. and they're on a level with his talent versus, you know, old man Vince, who's, you know, on, you know, you can't get a word with him. But I think over time it starts to become, all right, well, are you, you're, you are, are you still the boss? Right. You still See, that's that's the difference with Vince. Vince was friends with certain talents, but at the same time, once it was wor- time for work, th- there was that difference where they knew that Vince was the boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was that separation of, of you know, friend and boss when, when it came time to doing business. And they all understood that. Jimmy, do you have any, because uh, I always love your stories. Um, I know I know you've been caught in elevators, putting your <laughs> cigarettes with Vince and Did you ever get to share oh. any soda pops events? Did you ever get to have that social hour with Vince, or did you always kind of just try to mind yourself away from him and not get in that crosshair? I, I tried to stay away from that, but uh, on that same trip, actually, uh, after TV, uh, after the you know on the way to the building, getting caught with the cigarette, getting into the elevator. Uh, afterwards, you know, we went back to the hotel, and as we did back in the day, you'd go to the bar and have a few pops and, uh, and relax and kick it back. And there was some music playing and there was some dancing on the floor. And that was back in the days when there were the Federettes. And there was like that unwritten rule. There was no fraternizing with the Federettes. So um, I didn't do anything with the Federettes. They were dancing. So I said, Hey, can I join you guys on the dance floor? Because I like dance music. I like to dance. I was out there dancing on the dance floor and stuff like this. And just, you know, doing my thing. And all of a sudden Vince walks into the bar. And I went, I'm wondering if I should get off the dance floor right now. I didn't say that. So here comes Vince storming up. He says, what do you think you're doing, pal? And I said, well, I'm just dancing, Vince. I'm not doing anything else. I'm just dancing. He says, dancing? You call that dancing? That's not dancing. This is dancing. And Vince just starts, you know, <laughs> doing his thing. And I was like, 
okay, this is time for me to moonwalk out of here. And that was it. That was about it. And, and you know, the next day at TV, he was like, you know, I was just messing with you, pal. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> at least he was Should dancing, we... though. Did he have good dance moves? Uh, no comment. <laughs> no Vince McMahon on Dancing with the Stars, huh? <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> Jimmy, what was your uh, soda pop of choice? Oh, it, it start. I used to be like I'm from Canada, so I used to be. It started off with beer, but it, I didn't drink a lot of beer. But then, uh, you know, hanging around with the crew, it was Jack and Coke. Pretty basic, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another super chat here before we move on. Coming to us from uh, Michael Martinez, attending my first AEW live event. Great time. Jericho came out during a break and shouted, "He would beat Eddie every night." And got so much heat. I assume he means Eddie Guerrero. That's amazing. <laughs> it was El Paso after all, so yeah. Yep. Uh, and we did. I didn't mention earlier. We did see Takeshita do a little Eddie mm -hmm. uh, tribute as well before hitting the frog splash. Right. Okay, moving on. Uh, is we got uh, Roosh versus Oof. Brian Danielson here now. Now the uh, stipulation here is that if Danielson can get this win, this would be whatever win in a row. Mm -hmm. This would complete the. The, the the weekly gauntlet, so to speak, of if, if Brian wins, he's going to get his Iron Man match against MJF for the title uh, at the pay per view here in a few weeks. A uh, little kind of a little side thing here is Brian is shown in, in the trainer's room with Takeshita checking on Takeshita, and the door gets slammed shut and locked. Mm -hmm. And so Roosh makes his entrance. MJF comes out, berates Aubrey Edwards, the, the ref on the mic, and says, start the count here. Brian is late for the match. And so they start the 10 count, and then they show split screen. Brian breaks out of the trainer's room and makes his way, makes it in time to the ring. And then we proceed to get a match that, you know, Brian is, uh, by God, in the crimson mask. And uh, but, but aside from that, I mean, social is buzzing that this might have been one of the best matches, if not the best match that AEW Dynamite's ever had on TV. That's high praise, but I also will say I think this was a very entertaining match. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, let me go to you. Before we even get to the finish and the whatever, um, this match and the story of what this match meant, meaning Brian gets his title match if he if he mm -hmm. comes through, how did this come off to you? I, I enjoyed the match. It was a hard-hitting, very physical match that told a story. And this is why, I you know, the blood in this match meant something. I don't think it was needed earlier in the show. And because there was blood earlier, it maybe took away a little bit of the uh, having the blood in this match. If you know what I mean, it, I don't think it was needed in that first match. But that being in your, said, real, real quick, Jimmy, in your opinion. Uh, like I said, I think we I think we established the blood with Takeshita everything manufactured. Right. This 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 blood came off as accidental. The way that it happened, this came off as accidental. Yeah. Do you agree, or am I, or or did I get did I did I get uh, worked on this one? No, I, I, I you know what he, it may have been accidental. And that being the case, it just goes to further show that um, it, regardless of whether it was incidental or accidental or uh, undone intentionally. It wasn't needed in that first match anyways, regardless of whether there was supposed to be blood in this match or not. But uh, it, it, I, I did enjoy the match very much. I thought, uh, you know, nitpicking a little bit. I thought uh, 
Rouge could have sold a little bit more of uh, Brian's chops. And, and because it was so physical in the one spot where they were headbutting each other like rapid fire and stuff like that, maybe a little over the top. But then again, that was the type of match it was. But in, in short, really enjoyed uh, the fight. Let's put it that way. Isa, where did this one stand? I, again, I saw social claiming this to be the greatest dynamite match ever. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this match. Uh, I also didn't think it needed the blood. I mean, there were so many hard-hitting moments and so many brutal moments that I that could have had the same effect without the blood. Um, but there was at one point where the camera zoomed in and Brian is on the on the mat, you know, in, in the bloody face. It was a great visual. So I go back and forward with, did we need the blood or not? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got to tell you, like I told you, in-ring-wise, we saw a lot. And this wasn't all of it. There was another match that I thought was an excellent match. But this one takes match match of the night for me after kind of like thinking about it for a minute. I was like, this match was absolutely everything. And it was Brian's last step to get to MJF. So I needed this match to deliver, to be very good, to 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 be hard for, for Brian to win it because... You, you kind of knew he was going to win all of these matches, but they all, the other opponent always looked great. And I think it did wonders for Rouge. Also, the crowd was incredible. The chance mm-hmm. in Spanish popped for that big. Yeah, uh, yeah this was this was great. Uh, and Brian does ultimately end up winning this match with the knee. After the match, MJF, who's on commentary during this whole thing, he comes to the ring, also hits Brian with the dynamite, dynamite ring uh, on his hand. Uh, and then locks in the arm bar. So uh, MJF all over the show, but I don't think there's any complaint about that. He is just, he's the top heel. He's the champ. So, mm-hmm. um, but it is official MJF versus Brian Danielson in a one hour Iron Man match coming up in a couple weeks uh, on March 5th, I believe it's pay-per-view. So yes, the um, only match made for the pay-per-view that's right. less than a month away. Yes. <laughs> that is the only match made. So uh, I'll, 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 we will refrain from making our predictions until we get closer. Cause we'll see what transpires between now and then, but that is our the, predictions the morning match. off when they finish adding matches to the card. <laughs> All right. Up next, we get a trios championship match top flight in AR Fox versus the elite of Kenny Omega and the young bucks. We get some big false finish. Again, this is where, again, rest the, the show is a buffet. This is a high-flying spot fest of choreography. We get a big false finish of, I thought, AR Fox, the 450 on one of the bucks. I thought, maybe this is it. And we get another one where he counters the one-wing angel. But finally, Kenny Omega does win on a roll-up counter. Uh. <laughs> See, th- th- there this you go is, again. J- Jimmy, we had... Yeah. <laughs> we had... We had 30 kill shots to the head where they could have ended it. A spot yeah. fest. And they opt then they opt for the roll-up. Yeah. I, I, it just to me it, uh, uh let's see, was it Jake the Snake Roberts who recently commented on that? Uh yeah. Yes, yes, what yes. is he yeah, what does he know? Who did he ever beat? You know what I mean? Like, gee. Uh, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's pretty much what I expected. And it, it's sad when I get to the point where I know this trios match is going to break down, uh, whether it starts off as a, a spot fest or somewhere along the line, it's just going to break down. And I'm just going to say, okay, that was cool. Yeah, that was fine. Whatever. That's how I felt. Yeah. Isa, you, Isa, after all that was done in this match, I'm convinced 
I'm convinced, Issa. You and Roman, you both could have batted your eyes, rolled your shoulders, flipped your hair the right way. You could have you could have provided a distraction. I think you could have got a roll up on uh, <laughs> on AR Fox. I think you could have got his shoulders pinned for a three count. I think Issa, I think you could be a trios champion right now, given the form. Wow. Wow. I, I have enough personalities to hold all of these belts and extra have more so i will be fitting i was very disappointed in the finish of the match because it was such a good match i the match had so many spots in which i felt it could have ended uh, at one point matt jackson did this fancy finish where he's spinning all three of them and he doesn't get the win there and i'm thinking i'm thinking ar fox is gonna win at that point i'm like why are they not letting them the elite just just finish this here incredible match i will nitpick i love this match i love everybody involved in this match I, i'm a big fan of the elite you guys know this but a couple of the camera angles made some moves that should have looked uh, like brutal not look so brutal and then at one point they went back to the to the hard camp and they look a lot more efficient than the camera angles they were going for but maybe they were trying something new but there was a couple of times where i was like if i would have seen that from this angle it would have probably looked a lot more devastating than what it ended up looking but that's just me nitpicking the ending is what uh, i just can't i can't there was so many things so many things that happened in this match to end it on a roll-up is it's, you know it's not a happy the, the, ending there was a point in this match where i mean you know look we've seen top flight we've seen AR fox and they've, they've always gotten over every time we see them they got to a point in this match where i thought maybe this should be a title change like because i think we've discussed this the past weeks who else in the trio's title division is going to you know um uh, take the crown away from the elite like so i i mean i kind of wonder like where, where there is where no is, way you know, we went through the best of seven and waited like three months for that to end for the elite to drop the titles this soon well not <laughs> not not at the times not they were in the women's time slot not in the second to last for the main event mm. and I, so yeah i agree but but to, but on paper it's like well who are they gonna lose it to the, who are they going to be challenged by? The, the, who else is left as far as uh, group trios group is? Uh, House of uh, Black. House of Black is the, the only. Uh, there's exactly. Mo- and Mo- Moxley, uh, Claudio, uh, and, and Yuda are still a thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just. I'm not ready this, for the titles to change hands just because it took so long for it to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could have just. I mean, there was a one-week angel. There were so many spots that would have just been such a much better finish, unless they're mm-hmm. still trying to protect AR Fox, Top Fly. But, yeah, it's the ending. My only complaint is the ending. I thought this match was incredible. Like, they showed off. And that's what I'm saying. It's like every time we saw an incredible match and you were like, okay, the show just peaked, somebody else came out and did some incredible things. Unfortunately, it ended here for me because I didn't really enjoy the main event, but we'll get into that. Yeah, but like you said, there was a lot of entertaining stuff in this match where you went, oh, that's cool. That was nice to see. But but a lot of vicious-looking finishes, you know, like yeah. pile driver type, uh, DDT-type, landing-on-your-head type match, uh, uh, spots that should have been the finish. But, again, here we go with, oh, the roll-up will work. Justin Labar said it at the beginning, a roller coaster. And this match was, he had it all. There was ups and there was, there was downs. And, but overall, such talented people in the mm-hmm. ring. And it was such a good time to watch the entire match. 
But at least in the uh, main event, it is the Gun Club versus the Acclaim for the AW Tag Team Titles. Now, uh, in a promo earlier backstage, Billy Gunn is going to stay backstage. He's not going to come out with the Acclaim. So all that said, uh, these guys work a tag match. The big uh, point here comes on a ref bump. Uh, a ref ref bump. The ref gets hit with the <laughs> they killed elbow, him. and oh, uh, he, just, he, he ricochets himself off the ring. Uh, so ref bump. So all of a sudden, we get uh, ref bump. Billy Gunn comes out. We see Austin Gunn. He gets the title. Billy's picking up. Uh, is this going to be the big turn? No. Austin takes the title. Hits Billy Gunn. Colton also takes the other title. Eventually hits Billy Gunn with the belt. Uh, and finally, uh, on a roll-up, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the Acclaim gets pinned. One, two, three. The Gun Club is your new AEW Tag Champs. Now, Issa, uh, they, they, they swerved us on the obvious, which might have been that Billy's going to go back with his sons. But... I felt like this whole thing could have been tighter. This is just kind of this. This is kind of all hung out there, and the, the crowd reactions. There were some stunned crowd reactions, but I don't know if this was the ending to the show that they foresaw when they booked it on paper. What, what say you? Yeah, I don't think the Kula boys are ready for this yet. I wasn't expecting it, and at some point, I felt like uh, I, I, I almost wish they would have done the Billy Gun turn uh mm-hmm. i think that would have made this a little bit better but with billy gun not turning then what happens so the rematch you have billy gun turns and it's not gonna feel like it was a big deal it that's what should have caused the the acclaim the titles and i still don't think that it was time to change titles you heard the pop you heard the crowd like they are so over and i i just don't think the god the i don't think they're there yet but it was a shocker mm-hmm. it was a shocker and just i'm personally as a fan not happy with it and as we sit here and try to you know talk about the show i just don't think that it was done the right way i think at some point they have billy gun turn on them as well jimmy if you have the book are you dropping the tag titles off the acclaim right now not yet because like gisa said they are so hot right now there is a time where you can take the titles off them and then generate enormous heat but this isn't the right time and as much as i enjoy watching the gun boys I don't think they're the right guys for it. Unless, like you said, dad turns and joins the boys in uh, like trying to make good on the years he wasn't there for them, so to speak. But I don't think this was the right time because, you know, these guys had a rocket strapped to them. They're just so over. And I think this, you, you, you saw the crowd too. They were shocked. They were shocked with this finish because I think, some fans may have been predicting that they were going to lose the titles with a turn by by their um, mentor Billy, and siding with his boys, because and that didn't happen, and they still lost the title. So I think in 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 hindsight, it did more damage to the acclaim than actually benefited the Gun Boys. All right, so we're three weeks out. We're you know we're three weeks out from the pay per view, as he says, pointed out. We only have one match advertised. That's the title match. Um, it's hard to it's hard to see them generating a number one contender for a tag title. Like I, I can't see the gun club defending the tag titles versus anybody else other than the acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Are we just long playing this to the pay-per-view where Daddy Ass comes out with the acclaimed and that's where the turn happens? 
or Danny Ash comes out and screws his sons and the acclaim gets the titles back. Like, what like what is there to do? Like I, I who's the acclaims or uh, who's the gun club? Sorry, who's the gun club's next opponents? I guess is where I'm getting. Like where where are we at with the tag division? That's a good question. I wish I had a good answer for you. <laughs> like like you said, obviously there's going to be a rematch in the future because you know the former champs get their rematch, so to speak. Maybe it is at the pay per view, and even if you do the turn there, it's a day late and a dollar short, in my opinion. The, yeah, the, the, it, the turn it should. The, sorry, he said, but the turn should have been the reason for the title change. Yes, yeah. it wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense for him to turn on them now, and it also wouldn't make sense for him to help the acclaim get the titles back. Then why even switch it if you're gonna have the acclaim get the titles back in a couple of weeks from now? Okay, and 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 as, as I do tend to get nitpicky with the officiating situation, the referee <laughs> bump uh, earlier in the night we saw MJF yanking the referee in the way. You know what I mean? This time it it turned into him getting actually bumped out of the way. But uh, this week, no second referee came out. Wasn't it? Was it last week or the week before where there was a ref bump and a second referee came out to to you know take over the match? Yeah. You know there needs to be consistency. You can't have a referee come out one week to take over after a ref bump, but then all of a sudden, what everybody's getting changed? Everybody's in the shower because this is the last match. It's the main event. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say this, uh, but I see weighing in the chat saying traditionally they don't do rematches. We had the acclaim get three matches against mm-hmm. Swerve and Strickland. We just saw the trios go through seven matches. They're doing mm-hmm. too many rematches at this mm-hmm. point. If I'm being mm-hmm. honest, Hangman and Mox just went to three matches. They have a very bloated roster. We're seeing yeah. we're seeing a lot of the same matches. It's not that's not the mm-hmm. case anymore. It used to be, but I I do think we see a lot of rematches on AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, super chat from John Jordan, five dollars saying Swervy McSwerveston crowd <laughs> popped on that finish. Did they throw the acclaims theme on to try to buffer that? Ew, overbooking city. I think what happened was they were actually they they were light tonight, whether it was because the um the bunny, the bunny. Jamie, yeah, Jamie Hader match went short, whatever. They they, they finished a little early, so it was kind of like uh. They, they had just extra time, and so they ended with the acclaimed eventually stands up, and they just ended with their music. But um, I think probably on paper the ending was the gun club is celebrating with the titles and go off the air. But, again, they had an additional, you know, 60 seconds to burn. And um, <laughs> I don't know. This, this Dynamite, guys, this – Again, some very good. Maybe the maybe maybe in rain wise, one of the best yeah. shows we've seen. Right, maybe yeah. some, maybe the best match ever, uh, mm-hmm. potentially between mm-hmm. Roosh and, and Danielson that we've seen. I don't know, but there's that. But then we just see some other decisions where it's like, uh, again, we're Issa. To your point, we're three weeks from pay per view. Mm-hmm. Where are we? What are you doing? Right. So, and possible. Um, that, that 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 was dynamite tonight. Uh, so, uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, again, the comments, five star ratings, all that is appreciated. Uh, let's go ahead and do our final thoughts, final plugs. Ladies first, Issa. The floor and microphone is yours. Yeah, I thought tonight's episode was fun in ring. I I really enjoyed the the wrestling, <laughs> but I was very confused by some of the decisions that were made. You guys can find me on YouTube NYC Demon Diva. My Twitter handle is right down here, so you can go follow me and find everything that I do. You guys can find me also here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Jimmy, 
Yeah, I, like you guys said, it was enjoyable in-ring product. Again, the little things are screws that need to be tightened and communication between the, the talent in different matches and with the production team. And as far as uh, finding me on here, you can find me here on Monday nights and Wednesday nights. You can find me doing my ref and rants on all my social media platforms from Monday to Wednesday, having a little fun with that. And now myself and my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, we do a little thing called Reffing It Up on Wednesday mornings. Wednesday mornings, you, there you go. Yeah. And you can also get your Ref and Rant t-shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com. Very good. Uh, I'm at Justin Labar across uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so like and follow it up. Uh, I'll be back Friday morning with uh, Dave Agreca and Thunder Rosa for Spar with Labar on Busted Open Radio on uh, Sirius XM on Channel 156. Uh, it is exciting times. We are heading closer to the next AEW pay-per-view. We, of course, have Elimination Chamber coming up. We have WrestleMania on the Beyond Horizon, so a whole lot to talk about here in the next stacked. six Elimination weeks. Chamber yes. is stacked. It's going to be a fun. Very, yeah. very stacked show, so make sure you are following and subscribing Wrestling Inc. on whatever platform you prefer for your podcast. Uh, we have got a lot of content coming at you. Appreciate all of you again. Thanks to everybody in the live chat, but if you're listening or watching after the fact, that's great too. Please subscribe, leave a comment, share tell a friend do something on social whatever it is just engage 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 that will be uh uh the best thing you can do to support this podcast it's been fun it's been great it's another wednesday night with isa and jimmy i always love it to it make it's the literally who likes hump day nobody this is the best part of my hump day is looking forward to talking to these two and then in the night so that's going to be it for all for all of us here we thank you for all of you out there and the podcast world thank you be safe We'll be back next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check don't forget to pack the five hour energy it fits great in a pocket or carry-on and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything now get 20 percent off when you use code 5he travel at 5hourenergy.com expires april 30th one time use only not valid with other discounts remember visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5he travel to save 20 percent